The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. to the max i know it's been a little while just every time we're gonna do a show there's some other thing that uh, has to be done and it gets too late and hey we i don't have a job i think past monday but eric has work to do our work to go to and you know he can't stay up till like you know one or two in the morning uh to do something like this so hey at least we're here we're doing it a day later than we usually do. Uh, we're just pretty much going to preview the games happening on Sunday and the Monday Night Football game as well. And we'll talk about uh, some of the news that's been going on. Eric, how are you doing you, uh, on this you, uh, fine evening? You, you never know how much an errand before work, then eight hours of work, and then spending an hour of your life at Walmart after Walmart after work tires you out until you wind up passing out on your couch during the crucial fourth quarter of a Monday night football game. That's just a snippet of my week. Well, that sounds like a lot just in one week there so oh yeah and that was just a day you can imagine what the rest of my week has been like (laughs) well i have been basically wrapping things up at kmart uh officially i think they have it's there for us until tuesday i cannot imagine i didn't go today because anaya has an ingrown nail and we had to take it to the doctor. Uh, ingrown toenail, I should mention. And it the swelling went down pretty quick, so the antibiotics worked. The clindamycin works pretty good. And then, uh, you know, she gets the weekend to make sure that it doesn't come back or, you know, whatever. She should be able, good to go for Monday. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've been doing deliveries with one of my bosses where we take different things to other Kmarts that's been saving me because I cannot I don't envy the people that have been having to stay at that store and literally just stay you know look at their look at their feet all day because there's really not a whole lot to do it's really just cleaning and we don't do that that's that's a cleaning service that comes and does that so uh, I mean if they want to pay people to stand there then that's uh, good on them right so uh, anyway the let's let's get into this. The the Falcons started off the the week winning twenty to seventeen. So there's that as well. Ugh. that yeah. If it wasn't bad enough that the Falcons wore B minus uniforms compared to the Steelers A uniforms, Matt Ryan has to go and be Matt Ryan and throw three interceptions, and the Falcons have to be the Falcons and bail out Matt Ryan with a key interception of their own to win the game. Deion Jones, man, that big interception there. uh, Got the Falcons to win. Not helpful for some other NFC teams that were hoping for the Falcons to lose to 
get into that playoff scenario. But hey, the Falcons could somehow, I guess, uh, wind up winning the division, and then that leaves things open for other teams as well. But we'll see uh, what happens. Uh, the rest of the way still got plenty. Of, the rest of week 14 to play, and then three weeks after that. I can't believe we're almost at the tail end of the season already. Feels like it's just flown by. There are even playoff scenarios where certain teams can clinch, including the Philadelphia Eagles, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Minnesota Vikings, the New England Patriots, and quite a few others uh, as well. Uh, we probably won't get into all those, but as we go through the games, we'll talk about it. The big thing, I think, for this week, though, is the Cleveland Browns. Done with Moneyball. They are going with uh, John Dorsey, and they have already waived Kenny Britt, and John Dorsey has come out immediately and said that quarterback, his first priority, there's no more fumbling around with who's going to be this, who's going to be the guy this week, none of that. They're going for it with whatever pick they get in the first round, it's probably going to be in the top three. They kind of have to at this point, right? Because you've, you've tested everybody out there that you've got. None of those guys are the answer. I mean, yeah, you could give Kaiser some time. We've seen it with plenty of other guys that I it's yeah. Personally, Cody Kessler's already been of a journeyman. Kevin Hogan, if you had given him the start from day one, you could have tried to develop him. Brian Kelly even told the Browns Deshaun Kaiser is not NFL ready. So it's a waste. Now, if you're Sam Darnold or you're Josh Rosen be prepared because this is where you're going to go. We're potentially five well, games. Sam Donald's not. Sam Donald's not coming out unless he knows the Browns are not going to be the number one pick. Well, uh, yeah. the Browns are five games away from a parade, so let's face it, they're going to be the number one pick. Oh no, I agree with you, but there's always that chance that you know, say the. I, I can see Garoppolo winning a couple more games, but there's a chance the Giants don't win another game and say the Browns win two more. You never know, right? I mean, it's anything's uh, possible. Uh, Anything is possible. The Browns do still have, like, two games left against bad teams or, or against teams where they could fumble it. But I, so, I – okay, okay. I'm just going to leave that out there. Yeah, this is the NFL. I'm just saying. Just saying. Yeah, everybody said the same thing with the Detroit Lions. The stars aligned perfectly. True, but not like they didn't have a lot of close, you know, encounters. And the Browns have been doing that seemingly like almost every week where they they play them close. You know, all it takes is one screw up at the end, and the Browns win a game. So, yes, uh, and and not- it's very possible Brett Hundley and the Packers in town for the, this game. I'm Here's sorry, there. knowing Aaron Rodgers is most likely going to be back next week, and all the Packers have to do is win this one, which they've proven extremely capable of doing. And then set themselves up in position for number 12 to get them on a playoff push. Ah. Yeah. Again, start making parade plans if you're in the Cleveland area. Yeah, I mean, first of all, that's pretty miraculous that Aaron Rodgers is ready to go for next week. And he's coming at the perfect time. If Hundley and the Packers can get him through this game, you're 7-6. and six. Three yep. games to go. Now, if yep. you're six and seven, that's a whole different deal. You need a lot of teams to lose in front of you. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I think the Packers, I think Bryn Huntley, especially after his performance against the Steelers, he knows what's up. He really knows what's up. And the fact that he can't afford to screw this up. <gasps> oh, hey, it may not be him. It could be the defense screws it up. It could be the receivers not catching balls. Not all on him. But, yeah, you would think that the Packers can go into Cleveland with Brett Hundley, at quarterback. If he's putting up, you know, a big game against the Steelers, you should be able to do it against the Browns. But, again, Browns are hearing that, that ticking clock. They're seeing the 
the stuff about the parade for going 0-16. You got a new GM in there. I wonder if there is a directive about do we go ahead and go 0-16 and just ensure that we get the number one pick, or do we actually try and go out there and go 4-12? Who knows? But I, I would say don't screw it up and get Josh Rosen. That's just my methodology. We'll see. I just... You know, college quarterbacks, it's not always a given. Uh, We've seen a lot of them recently do well, and that's a good testament to to drafting and coaches and everything else. But we'll we'll see how that goes more when we're talking about the draft later on. But moving on from that game, which you would think you know the result, but again, this is the NFL. Crazy stuff happens. Uh, Another game... Where uh, with an NFC North team, the Chicago Bears, going into Cincinnati. Uh, One o'clock kickoff. Look, the Bengals. Uh, neither one of these teams. I, I mean, the AFC is so bad. How? My they're still question, technically in the hunt, right? Yes, so, and my question is this. Now, as Harry always mentions on the kickoff, home field is worth three and a half. I get that. Taking that away, putting these two teams on a neutral field, how exactly would the Bengals still be a two-point favorite? I'm confused. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. You explain that to me, man. Because between what happened, between Andy Dalton between their injuries, between suspensions. I, I, I mean, you even factor in that home field advantage. Five and a half? Yes, the Bears still don't know how to do an offense. Thank you very much, John Fox. The Bears still have Mitchell Trubisky, who they don't trust. But, hey, at some point, you got to question, this is going to still be a fairly close game. <laughs> well, you do because the Bears' defense usually always keeps them in it. They rarely get blown out, and some kind of trick play usually works, or you get the crazy punt return from Tariq Cohen from last week, something like that. Trubisky, uh, I think once he's once they actually gave him a receiver in Dontrell Inman, he's been able to find him. Mm-hmm. Uh, lately, to do things, but uh, before that, it was like, who are you throwing to? Your running backs. So I, I mean, I don't blame Trubisky in the slightest right now. Uh, you, you mentioned that he's being hampered completely by who. Not only who he has in the receiving core, Zach Miller getting hurt was a huge blow. And then also the coaching staff just not really trusting him at all. And that's dumb. At this point, you're 3-9. and Freaking throw that playbook out there. Exactly. Just at this point, let him at it. Just completely let him at it because you have to know exactly what you've got. You have to know, and you have to know exactly what you need to develop. Because if Trubisky is going to be your guy, you drafted him that high enough, then you really can't just put him out here, there, in a borderline college offense. And John Fox, notoriously known for not developing offenses, could potentially, over these last few games be coaching for his job exactly that means you need to be putting your butt on the line out there and letting him go out there throw it do what he needs to do do the bootleg all that the whatever you saw in college that made you want to pick him put that into your offense see how it goes for you because and i'm still confused even about that He was accurate, and that makes a difference in the NFL. You know? Mm, so I'll, I'll give you that one, but still, eh. 
<sighs> hey, you know what? I, I still think that it's not the worst decision. He doesn't have the greatest coach, and we've seen with golf and others that when you get a better coach around you, you know, that can make all the difference. Very and true. Very true. You get somebody that's not golf or not – it's not uh, John Fox – and all of a sudden, oh, Trubisky flourishes. And yeah, that's you're all you right. Need sometimes you're right. That's why I'm willing to give at least somewhat of the benefit of the doubt. Well, moving on here, I think I you, I'd say Cincinnati at home should be winning. Yeah, yeah, to say Cincinnati. I, I, I'll, I'll pick Cincinnati just because, but this is just going to be one of those unbearable games. Ugh. Not totally looking forward to it, but hey, that's why Red Zone exists, right? You can just watch when there's good things happening. Exactly. So don't bank on a lot of highlights for this one. If either team makes the montage, it'll be a minor miracle. Speaking of another game that a team should win, the Buffalo Bills taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Nobody's been sacked more times than Jacoby Brissett this season. Uh, Andrew Luck has been looking at that and going, oh, thank God that's not me. And you got the Buffalo Bills defense coming in here. Not granted, they haven't been as good as they were at the beginning of the season, you know, selling... Mar- you know, trading Marcel Darius away to somebody doesn't help either. But they're still confident enough. Tyrod Taylor has kind of hit a bumpy road. Yeah, so we Benjamin's could be had seeing... problems. Yeah, we He's could a game be time seeing... decision. Yeah, we could be seeing the glorious return of Nathan Peterman at quarterback. Oh, if that's true, I'm already going the Colts. <laughs> Yeah, I, I bet you right now both the Steelers and Patriots are looking at that one and doing any kind of voodoo or whatever to make sure Tyrod Taylor doesn't play in that one. Yeah, I don't know. In a game that I think Taylor and Buffalo know they have to have, they cannot afford another law. I mean, yeah, again, it's AFC and it's bad. They could, but you really don't want to lose the teams that you should be beating, you know, because you, you have division games later that those are never a given. So True. you got to beat a three and nine Colts team when you have the opportunity. And if Nathan Peterman plays, it's a total crapshoot at that point because Brissett's a better quarterback than him right now. And... You know, Frank Gore's trying to make a case for the Hall of Fame. He's got motivation. Uh, that defense is banged up, but they could still cause him problems. And that that just changes that offense if Tyler Taylor's not out there. And it's difficult for me to – but I, I'm going to go ahead and go to the Colts thinking that Taylor doesn't play. Yeah, I got to pick the Colts simply because they're playing for pride. Chuck Pagano, another coach whose days are numbered. Eh, this, unfortunately, is the way it's got to be. Certainly. Uh, the way it's got to be for Buffalo. And, you know, sadly, our friend Harry is just going to have to deal with it. Sorry, exactly. Man. He's going to have to sit, deal with it, and uh, watch a couple teams clinch playoff berths at his expense. Certainly uh, at his expense. But moving on, though, you have a team that at one point was one of the hottest teams in the league and the Houston Texans. And now you have a San Francisco 49ers team coming off a win. First win in a while, Jeremy Garoppolo, first win as a starter in a regular season game. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Uh, he had the win <laughs> with the Patriots. But mm-hmm. uh, as knowing that he, I guess, that he's the starter for a different team, it was barely a one-point win, but a win's a win in the NFL. You don't, you don't get style points. There's no 
uh, you know, top 25 poll to make uh, for the NFL. You just win and you get where you need to go. And this could be another game where Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers win. Very, very much so. Why? Because Tom Savage has thrown, I don't know, what, seven or eight interceptions because he's taken over for uh, Deshaun Watson. That's likely to happen again here. The 49ers defense is, they're actually pretty good. And, uh, yeah, that's... I, this could be a battle of the defenses, and and, and we've already seen it once in a in a close game. Give me Garoppolo. Yeah, in these situations, I look and see if it's a battle of the defenses, who is going to be able to make better plays. Garoppolo has already shown me he can do that in San Francisco, taking charge of what he has been able to learn of the playbook. And he's going to be able to learn more, especially because he's playing to be the number one guy. Now, granted, it's not hard to beat out C.J. Beathard, but still, that's the situation he's facing. I think that can happen because we've seen Tom Savage. Enough said. Yep. You've seen Tom Savage, enough said. The defense has performed admirably with uh, Jadavian Clowney and everything, but, the, you know, Hopkins is not going to be able to save this team by himself. He's tried. Mm-hmm. Or believe me, he's tried, but it's just not helping uh, that Tom Savage just throws interceptions at the wrong time, and that's really been hurting him uh, in these games. Uh, speaking of feeling the hurt the Kansas City Chiefs have been absolutely feeling the hurt for quite a while now they are on a four game losing streak who would have thought that at the beginning of the season quite a contrast the team they beat in week one the Patriots on an eight game win streak right now so (laughs) I mean, Kansas City, they start hot, and then this happens to Alex Smith. They've abandoned the running game, which served them very well the first month, month and a half of the season, and this is really what you get. Now, have they hit rock bottom? It's hard to tell, but if not, then they better hit rock bottom fast if they want to have any chance of now fending off both the L.A. Chargers and Oakland Raiders to win the division and lock down that fourth seed in the playoffs. Yeah, one of these teams has to go to six and seven. Well, you know, barring a tie. But you, I hate saying it because then you're going to go on something about I want to see a tie now. But Hey, six, look. six, and one. Ain't so bad if you think about it. I'm just saying statistics favor teams that make the playoffs. When they've tied during the regular season. Well, look at the last Yeah, because it makes it a little easier to to break up some of the, the this big wall that you have between 6-6 six and six and 5-7 and seven right now. And, yeah, it, honestly, for me, this game is, it's a tight one, but it's in Kansas City. I feel like they've got to get back on track, and that offense was was rolling. That wasn't the problem this time. It's the defense has really been a downgrade ever since they started this this losing streak. Oakland beat them on that Thursday night football game in in Oakland. I feel like Kansas City's going to get them back on this one and get that big win that they need to maybe set them right? Mm, I am going to lean Kansas City a little bit in this one, too, because for as much as of a mess as Kansas City is, I think Oakland's still a bigger mess, and I think it's going to take them just a little bit longer to recover, especially, as you mentioned, Kansas City's going to have that chip on their shoulder. And hopefully this one won't come down to another seven last plays. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be interesting for us as neutrals watching it. But I I don't think if you're Kansas City, you want that happening at all uh, right now. But it, this one's going to be interesting. Both teams got a lot on the line here. You've got, you know, the Chargers playing later that day against a capable Washington team, but Washington is also sort of out of it for the playoffs, now at 5-7. and seven. Uh, which, What team are you going to get? Going to be <laughs> an interesting road on that end. Philip Rivers has come out and said, I have no intention of playing until I'm 45 like Russell Wilson and uh, uh, Tom Brady say that they want to. But hey, he's playing right now, and that's what that's what matters. I feel like the Chargers, with that banged up offensive line, Bosa, Ingram, and those guys are going to have a field day against Kirk Cousins. Another game where he might look bad. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rivers has another great day against an NFC East team. Absolutely. Kirk Cousins is still playing for a long-term contract, which, let's face it, he's not going to get. Phillip Rivers is playing to add one last chapter to his legacy. Now, think about this. Say that Chargers win. Say this leads to a run. Say this leads them to a playoff appearance. Maybe even, depending on the wildcard teams, a playoff win. (gasps) I think he would definitely be satisfied and try to go out on that note because that's just about everything that he could possibly do with this franchise. I think he's going to have this mindset, and I think he's going to really show off, and that's what's going to lead to a Chargers win. Yeah, uh, I think it's, for me, it's a big that's a big hurt for the Chargers that they don't. They need to win games like this, where it's a it's a team that's right at your level. You're saying a lot of people are saying, okay, they're on this win streak. They're not that good. Okay, let's see what they do. This is where you start proving yourself against these teams that are actually good. Just have had some some problems. Uh, you know, the offensive line issues for the Redskins are well noted, and, and that's been an issue for them. Losing Chris Thompson's huge, too. He's He was their offense. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this is this is one of those games where Chargers need to take advantage of, of the injuries and, and get another win and keep things close in that division. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, right now the wild card race, that one is going to be a little bit more difficult. Uh, you know, now if the Ravens lose on Sunday night, that's that's a different deal. They're, you're right back in it again. But if not, you're chasing them still, and so everyone counts right now. Yeah, it, it's one of those to where you're really going to see this week if nine and seven can get you into the AFC playoffs. It's borderline at best, but you want to at least try to get there and see what happens. Oh, yeah, certainly. But the AFC playoffs, 9-7, could certainly get you there. Uh, NFC, I don't know about that. No. NFC, there's more likely to be a 10-win team potentially be left out in the cold. The way things are going right now, it's possible that you could have 10 and 6 not be enough to get that last ball card spot. Yeah, between what's going on in the West, what's going on in the South, still got issues in the North, it's nuts. And again, going back to this game to put a little bow on it, Kirk Cousins knows this ain't happening. He's got one purpose and one purpose only signing a $125 million deal, be it in Washington or elsewhere. I think they're going to take that into the offensive line problems and the weapons problems no, big time into they, account, though. I think no, they are. They've said five games, and this is it. 
He's in the middle of a five-game audition. And let's face it, he's had offensive line problems before. He's had issues. They've gotten rid of his best weapons playing on other teams, or in the case of Carl Pryor, hurt. What more excuses can they get? If they were going based by excuses, he would have signed a deal by now. Uh, I don't think he's signing a deal right now because and they even the team I think him. that he wanted to go to, San Francisco, already got them a quarterback. Yeah, and, and the fact that Washington gave him an offer and he said no. He's not well, going yeah. to get anything better. Well, because he wanted a huge deal, and he thought he could bet on himself again, and there's only so many times you can do that. Now he's suffering the consequences, and there'll be a team that'll go after him, though, because there's going to be teams that need quarterbacks, and they're not going to be able to get all of those guys out of the draft. Even then, there's going to be teams, if you're smart, go get you a Kirk Cousins and have him sit for a year or whatever, you know, uh, if you want to win now. If you don't want to win now and you want to just throw them out there, then it is what it is. But there'll be a team that goes after Kirk Cousins. I, I'm not going to be uh, surprised. Hey, maybe the Giants do. Maybe they just say, you know what, the hell with seeing if one of these rookies work. Kirk Cousins has been good enough. He's in our division. We've seen him. Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, so moving on from here, there's a lot of games with bad teams playing each, <laughs> each other. So we're going to be talking about that a lot. Uh, the Detroit Lions are hanging on by a thread to a, you know, chance at the playoffs. They had, this is one of those times, again, you got to take care of a four and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. You just have to. You got to do what Green Bay did. You got to take care of them. You've slipped up against teams you should have beat. And uh, this is one of those. Matt Stafford, uh, the Jameis Winston has been hot and cold. The Lions defense to take care of that. He throws interceptions. You know, your big play slay, all that. You're you're making your name off there. Stafford needs to come out firing, and and you just take care of this one. Even though it's in Tampa Bay, you got to do what you got to do. You have to. Tampa Bay is a mess. We don't know how the team is truly going to feel about Jameis Winston, but we know how Detroit feels about Matt Stafford. He's got to have himself a signature moment. He wants to have any chance, any hope of getting another crack at getting a playoff win. A much-needed, long-overdue playoff win for that franchise. You got to start now. Certainly. Uh, if you, again, if you want to have any shot, you got to try to go ten and six. Seven wins isn't going to do it, and you have to beat uh, Tampa Bay here. I think they do. Even though Tampa Bay has been frisky lately, it's it's just one of those. Um, uh, this is another one as well for the Jets. Dem- you talk about a team that's a mess. The Broncos are in absolute chaos. And the Jets want to have any shot at the playoffs. It, they got to be killing themselves right now at how many of these games they were so close. Uh, you know, our Randy Isbell, who used to be uh, uh, on the show, Jets fan, he told me the other day, he, you know, when he, when the season first started, he said, I don't care about the season. I, I, I'm just going to kind of watch it and, all right, we, we know they're going to be bad and we'll see when the draft comes. He's like, God, so many of these games, they could have been an outright playoff team. We wouldn't have even be talking about them being in the hunt right now. They'd be a playoff team if they would have won a couple of these games that were close. And uh, this is another one where you need to stomp on – now, granted, yeah, it's Denver Broncos' defense, and that's probably going to be a problem for Josh McCown, but I think the Jets should play well enough and, and get this win and stay in the proverbial hunt. And it, and if you do, maybe this gives credence again to 
the Jets offensive coordinator and the staff saying they want to bring him back for another year. Yeah, he's playing for another year and staying home. I think even though he is a little bit older at 38, he's still nimble enough to where he's got another 20 games left in him if he keeps himself well. He knows that, and he's like, I've got this opportunity, and I'm going to seize it. That being said, are you, do you still draft a quarterback, even though you have Hackenberg and Petty and you know those guys back there? I... I don't know if I would because you still got two that you could potentially develop or at the very least one. Yeah, Petty showed some flashes. Then he got hurt at the end of that preseason mm-hmm. game uh, where they made the big comeback. And you might have thought, oh, Petty might give McCown a run. And then he gets hurt. And, but Hackenberg was awful. He was just awful. So I, I don't know if another year of being awful for Hackenberg is going to do anything for him, but like you said, you do need to see if you give one of these guys a shot first and bring him a count back at least allows you to know, hey, we can win some games with him. And you should win this game. I'm going to say that again. You should win this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tennessee Titans... They know they're neck and neck with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a big possibility that the Jaguars could go down to Seattle. This is a game, again, that the Titans cannot afford to lose, knowing that what you got coming up, you, you have to beat the Cardinals here. The Cardinals are down and out with, I mean, Blaine Gabbert's been okay for them, uh, which I guess is a positive and, and everything else, Eric, but... I don't know. I think Blaine Gabbert, he beat his old team. Mariota has not historically performed well on the road. I think the Cardinals are sniffing a little something. Maybe Gabbert thinks that if he does well these few games, he could be in line potentially or in the mix for the starting job next year. I think the Cardinals can take this one. I'm going to say Tennessee, but you're right. Uh, I forgot about that, how they, they've been doing well this recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I still got to say the Titans. Uh, got a lot, lot to lose here if you lose uh, this game. Uh, that being said, you got a – well, before we get to that, the last 1 o'clock game I guess we'll talk about here, the Cowboys at 6-6. Six also holding on to dear life for a playoff spot. Still no Zeke uh, for another couple of weeks. Uh, you would have liked to have played them while they were still in disarray, but they have fired their GM and fired Ben McAdoo. Eli Manning back at the starting spot. I guess they're not going to go, hey, we're tanking, obviously. But this is Eli Manning. And he, at home, is a terror against the Cowboys. So this is not a let's just pack it up and and go home before it starts game. This is a divisional game. It can Mm -hmm. easily turn into something you don't want it to. Uh, That defense is still the Giants defense. Going to give Dak Prescott problems. I wonder if Alfred Morris can put up another performance like he did. It's going to be difficult. I'm going to say the Cowboys, but this will be close. You know, maybe that 2017 from Thursday Night Football might be the result here. I think so because this is really a battle of two legacies. One coming to an end with Eli, the crowd supporting him, the team supporting him, everybody supporting him in what's, in a sense, in essence, his last meaningful home game, if not his last home game as a Giant. Versus an emerging legacy to where people are starting to ask a lot of questions about Dak. What can he really do by himself with this team? Do you get the quarterback that's going to have tremendous support? 
and give the fans one last show before he rides off into the sunset? Or do you have a guy that could start to once and for all shake off this whole he's a fourth round pick for a reason attitude mindset words from critics? I think with this one, Dak just barely steps up. Barely. That 2017 could be on a last-second field goal. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Hey, Dan Bailey, most accurate kicker in the NFL history. He's there for a reason. When you win that game, uh, where where you need it there. And now we can talk about the big games happening in the back half of the Sunday afternoon. Uh, 4:25 looks like this: Seattle and Jacksonville, both teams at eight and four. Both teams Ooh. really can't afford a loss. And the Philadelphia Eagles and Los Angeles Rams. The Eagles are riding high and pretty much got the NFC sewn up. The Rams are have the Seahawks slipping at their heels. It's in L.A. The Rams know a loss combined with a Seattle win makes it a you know everything goes when they play each other again. And I don't think you want to deal with that. So. Yeah, lots there for the Rams to win this game. Lots there for both these teams in Seattle and Jacksonville to win this game. And the Eagles also have something to play for because they can just clinch everything and not have to worry about the rest of the season, really. Uh, From a we're-trying-to-get-in standpoint, they do have to, you know, make sure they play well and all that. But what do you think about these two matchups? A heck of a... Heck of a slate, and then you got the Steelers and Ravens Sunday night football. That that's always a barn burner because Steelers clinch right if they win. Yes, they clinch the AFC North, and the Ravens put themselves back in the pack if they lose uh, at seven and six. So right, because currently they don't want to lose either. No, because currently they are hanging on. They are the sixth seed right this second as we are recording. Mm-hmm. But, thanks to all kinds of fancy tiebreakers and algorithms and math, you're seven and six. Other teams are seven and six. The folks at NFL headquarters are breaking out calculators, and they could be the seven, eight, nine, what have you, but not the Yeah, six. because. Any number of the Chiefs, Chargers, Bills, Raiders, you know, one of these has got a somebody. I mean, it's possible that three of these teams all lose and only one wins, right? So you're only dealing with one team possibly being above you or you being above them. But it's possible that you have more of them win. And so now all of a sudden you're in a big mixture uh, going into that last bit of the season, so plus you got the five and seven teams. Let's say that if the if the uh, Jets and Bengals uh, were to win, they uh, I don't know. Miami always plays the Patriots tough, but I just I can't see it. If the Jets and Bengals were to win, you got them right behind you too. So lots to play for for both these teams in Sunday Night Football, but that. That lineup, 425 to 11 o'clock, 1130, whatever, that's uh, must-see TV. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean... I, lots of talk about Russell Wilson being MVP right now and going in and making that Jaguars defense not look like Saxonville. Which, I mean, it's very possible because we still got, even with Dwayne Brown, that Seahawks offensive line does not look great. No. And the target is, of all the guys on that front line for Jacksonville's defense, the one I'm going to look at is Calais Campbell. Long time in Arizona, 
He's faced Russell Wilson a lot. Mm-hmm. You would think he would give him a little bit of an advantage, knowing the tendencies, especially how Seattle's line blocks and things like that. I want to know, can he, being the mayor of Saxonville, continue to take charge and give Russell Wilson another nightmare afternoon? Now, that's to say, Russell Wilson does completely fine on nightmare afternoons. He has a limited supporting cast. He's accounted for all but one touchdown this entire season. Right. But, you know, Blake Fortles can be his own nightmare afternoon very quickly. And this is another thing. Can Blake Bortles not screw up against, what, one lone member of the Legion of Boom? I mean, if you're looking... You still got the linebacking core and the the defensive line. Yes, you don't have Sherman, Chancellor, all those guys, but, you know, it's not just getting it out there. We got to remember that group of receivers, you know... Yeah, Marquis Lee's been playing great, but they don't have as many people that they have to worry about defending, number one. True. Uh, especially if they can stop Fournette. You make this about Blake Portal's throwing, that's that's a whole different issue. You're, you're absolutely right, and that's the reason why I'm picking Seattle in this one, because I see Blake Bortles at his worst. The Jaguars are moving on from him as a quarterback. I've seen Russell Wilson at his worst. You're still in the football game 90% of the time. And I think that with everything Seattle does and even how much they rely on him, he's going to find some way to do something amazing yet again. And the fact that he's got a little bit of a bonus in the fact that this game was switched with Cowboys-Giants because this was originally a 1 o'clock Eastern start. Now it's at 425. Huge bonus. I'm sorry. I think even with everything on Blake Bortles, knowing that he's playing for a decent job somewhere else, I don't think he's going to cut it. Yeah, I don't. I think that's what might do him in here. And I, I think Seattle's going to win. I think Philadelphia's going to wind up beating the Rams. And you know what? Give me Baltimore with the upset on on Steelers. I don't know if that's really an upset, but you know. Mm, no, I think because the Steelers are favored a little bit, I'd have to go back and check. But I still have to take Pittsburgh with this one, even though they had a big emotional Monday night game. This is going to be another emotional, physical Monday night game. We saw what happened with the hits, but I think this team is going to be amped up, and I think they're really going to try to play the rest of the season for Ryan Shazier. Yeah, knowing the fact that they can clinch, knowing that pressure's on them, thanks to Mike Tomlin saying what he said about the Patriots, I think they live up to it and they take another one. Fair enough. Uh, so, do you think uh, Rams and Eagles winds up being about Wentz and Golf for real, or you think it's more about the defenses limiting Wentz and Golf? Uh, I think a little bit more Wentz than Golf, especially because he wants to show out because his North Dakota State Bison are still in the FCS playoffs again. Well, plus you know. Golf got taken number one. Well, true, yeah. but again, Wentz, come on. Golf was taken number one just because he went to Cal. If Carson Wentz had gone to an FBS school, he would have probably been taken number one. So I don't even count that. Yeah, should be a fun one. Uh, I yeah. almost forgot. Carolina plays Minnesota in the one o'clock slot. Well, there's a reason to forget that, because Case Keenum, he's going to knock Bradford out of the lineup definitively. He's going to make himself another case for the starter, and I don't... You mean Bridgewater? Because he's already knocked Bradford out of the... 
lineup. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they're going to have three quarterbacks to choose from going into next season. He wants to make sure they have to keep Bridgewater so he can go through another offseason and hopefully not get hurt. But he wants to make sure that he is not the odd man out. And I don't think he will be. So he's going to say, hey, I'm the number one. I'm going to be the number one in 2018. Have Bridgewater as the number two. Plain and simple. You're right. Uh this is a game because of the Panthers having divisional games uh, that could help decide the that division. This mm-hmm. is a game that may not hurt the Panthers too much if they were to lose. Which but I'm pretty you sure also they don't want to put yourself into that possibility of oh well if we lose again we're in that now we got to be ten six mode or whatever. You want to have a little bit of a cushion so. Right. And the Vikings also have the clinching factor that they can clinch everything if they win. Exactly. They can clinch if they win. Not to mention, look at those NFC standings. They are the one seed. I would like to think that even with the noise, they want to stay the one seed. Because, and I'm only going to leave it like this, what being the number one seed would mean for Minnesota. That said, I trust them. I trust Keenum. I trust Thielen. I trust the Purple People Eaters. I like riding roller coasters in amusement parks. I don't like riding roller coasters on Sundays watching NFL football. That's exactly what Cam Newton and the Panthers have given me. Yep, exactly, roller coaster. Uh, now McCaffrey has been playing better, but it yeah, you don't really know what you're gonna get with the Panthers uh, every game. Where the Vikings have been very consistent, I would have much more belief on the Vikings defense right now uh, going into Bank of America this weekend. I'm gonna go with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. So am I. And I know the Dolphins always play the Patriots tough for the most part. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, the Patriots are on an eight-game win streak, and I see them. You know, the Vikings are also on an eight-game win streak, by the way. Correct. And, yeah, I see them, uh, see them win that game pretty handily on Monday night, making a statement. Again, saying, hey, Steelers, whether they won or lost, oh, you think you can take us? Hey, you want us, you got us. Because guess what? Patriots want to make sure they get to play in their house again, if there is a part two. Well, uh, we're going to end the show with this thought here, or or this uh, question just because it was brought up this week in the news uh, after what happened with Ryan Shazier and also what happened with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, and Vontaze Perfect, the possibility of having an NFL targeting rule. No. No. It would make sense in a sense because it would put the punishment out of Goodell's hands. Let's face it. He hasn't been 100% on the mark in terms of punishments. But for something like that where you'd be out the rest of the game or the first half of the next game and if it happens in the second half, no. It's stupid because now you're putting it in the hands of the officials they haven't been the greatest this season now if you did it to where you had to sit out maybe a quarter or maybe the next quarter then i would explore that possibility a little bit but no 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 i feel like you either do it or you don't yeah and this is sitting out one quarter sitting out a half no, no, no. It's either you get ejected or you don't. 
Yeah, well, well, no, but that's the rule in college. If you commit the penalty in the first half, you're ejected for the rest of the game. Right. If you commit it in the second half, you're done for the rest of the game, and you sit out the first half of your following game. Well, yeah, because you're sitting out uh, the whole game or, or a whole, you know, 60 minutes or whatever. I'm fine with that. Uh, now, we do have uh, Troy Vincent, of course, the uh, NFL's executive vice president of football operations, saying that he has talked to college coaches and officials and student athletes and saying it is a deterrent that they are considering it but it's a problem when you get into ejecting professional players uh that it's something coaches are adamant about that they don't want players getting ejected during games unless it's something egregious uh because hey there's only 17 weeks here and if it gets crazy you know you're giving the referees too much power and and all this stuff. So, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't – with every the current state of things, I'm going to have to say no. I don't trust the NFL to do it right. Yeah, and uh, the NFL is also going to look at the, the thing with Juju Smith-Schuster – where he got called for taunting and he got called for the hit on perfect. And because one of them was not accepted, he didn't get ejected. I'm all in favor of changing that. I think if you get two penalties in a row that you could get suspended for, whether they're declined or not, see you later. Yeah, because at this point, I would have rather have seen him ejected and pay a bit of a fine then see him get suspended for a game, which they upheld. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine. Uh, you know, it, he, he did deserve to get that, just like the Gronk uh, suspension, which is going to hurt some people that are in uh, fantasy playoffs. Hey, but, be, prepared that it, be glad that it's only going to hurt you for one week, because if I was in charge, it would have been at least three Yeah, the, Tredavious White, I think, was right when he said it's a joke. That he's only getting one game because he definitely uh, should be getting more than one game, honestly. For uh, what he he uh, made them go through there, but ah, that's the break sometimes when you play for a bigger name team. But all right, I, I think I, I don't know my thing. With targeting is that in college, it's way too, like sometimes you're, you're going, I know they have ability to review it and, and all that stuff, but I don't know, the professional game is such a different deal because stakes are so much higher, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, it's the wrong player and... It changes the game completely. So, right. You know, uh, that that would be half the one that maybe they if they did in the preseason or something like that to see it in practice. Yeah. Try it out preseason games or things like that. I would have no problem to see if you can do it right. But if you're just going to flat out jump into it, then that would be terrible. Yeah, I would agree with you there completely uh, on that. So, all right. I think that's going to do it for us here. Sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm kind of just uh, getting to the end. But, yeah, I thank you all for listening here. If you enjoyed what you heard, there's a subscription button that you can hit for Football to the Max on whatever podcast place that you listen. If you Hit us up on YouTube. Just hit subscribe to the W2 Network channel. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of stuff that maybe you don't want. But all that stuff's great content. Uh, plus, you get the kickoff with uh, Eric Harry, uh, Steven, Brandon, and I'll, I'll chime in here and there as well. And, yeah, just you get a lot of great content. Go visit W2Net.com. And uh, we'll be back on Monday with a recap of what happened and 
Any news that's come out since then? And good oh, job, it, Hogs, on hiring Chad Morris. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, you got a good hire. This one, I, I applaud Arkansas, but then unfortunately, look at what Texas A&M did. So you're still probably going to be miring in the depths of the SEC West. Eh, it is what it is. I'm just glad that they made a positive move and you know, went for a younger name and one that could uh, be there a while and, and maybe make some positive changes. That's the important part here at the end. Indeed. All right. Well, until Monday night, Tuesday morning, we'll see you later, everybody. Peace. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.